Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay. Super League, Super League, Super League. Go, Tom. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bromwich, John Rojas. Another edition here, New York City FC, Major League Soccer, maybe a little bit of Super League. We'll see if there's time. But guys, certainly we have to break down the opening match of 2021, New York City FC and DC United. Uh, we're going to get everybody's thoughts on the match. We're going to go through it, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk some formations with John Rojas because there were so many different opinions as to what DC United was actually going to play, what they played, and potentially playing several different versions of what the formation was going to be. So a lot to get into. Um, this was a, a tough one for New York City fans to swallow, especially Glenn after the first 15, 20 minutes of the match when New York City went up one nothing. It looked like they were going to be the dominant, more physical team, had possession, got the goal from Tati, felt like everything was good. And then things just switched right after that goal. It was all DC United the last half of the, the first half, really. And I thought Matt Lawrence on our broadcast described it so well. It was really a tale of two halves within the half. The the latter stage was controlled by DC United. They get the two late goals, fantastic goals, um, and took the momentum into the locker room. And New York City never really came out in the second half and had any real, what you would say, quality chances um, to, to try and equalize. So this was a game that, um, you know, t- tough one to swallow. Again, as I mentioned, if you're a City fan, New York City going on the road, losing to a, a DC United team under a brand new coach. You felt like DC had the advantage, or New York City, pardon me, had the advantage going in, and it certainly felt that way after the first first fifteen minutes. But then things really switched. Yeah, and uh, hello everybody. What's happening? Everybody looks good tonight. Roberto, even you. So, I well, massively disappointing. This thing, you know, we're. Uh, you know, you don't uh, take the preseason in terms of wins and losses. You don't go too crazy about that. But Ronnie Dyla did bring up the fact they won four straight coming into this. He felt like they were moving in a good direction. I think the most alarming thing uh, to me is that there were such large portions of the game where it looked a bit disjointed uh, or very disjointed for New York City FC. This is the team that has now been with their coach and it's most of the same players back again. You know, the foundation has been built. They're working on different things on the attacking side. You know, the, the they should be progressing each match. And they, uh, Ronnie Dyla, he said it. I'll say it, too. They took a step back in this match. And it's unfortunate it was the opener. It's one game. Uh, I think we're going to get a real test of leadership right off the bat because this was, uh, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a must win. But now you've got a home opener against FC Cincinnati with a brutal next five games. And Saturday is a must win. 
So you got the second match of the season and, you know, anyone could dispute that anyone within the team that follow anybody could say that's crazy. But I, you know, I think it is. And FC Cincinnati comes off a 2-2 draw. They uh, they really kind of got shellacked by Nashville, but scored two early goals and hang in, hung in there and got a point on the road. But uh, I, there, there's a lot to talk about in this game, but I'll just give you my initial thought of, um, you know, massively disappointed with the level of play. That's crazy. That's crazy. How can you make the second game of the season in a 34-game season a must-win? This isn't the NFL where you're 16 or 17 games. It's a 34-game season. Well, when did New York City win their first game at the beginning of 2019? Forget about last year. Even last year, actually. Let's, let's not forget about last year in a 23-game season. I think it took them, what, to the sixth or seventh game to win, and they made the playoffs. So let, let's not get crazy. The playoffs in MLS are very, very forgiving as far as qualifying is concerned. So for you to come out and say this is a must win against FC Cincinnati in April, I think it's just a little bit over the top. Okay. okay? It's a little bit over the top. Those, uh, right. no. They got five Step points back. in the first six games uh, in 2019. I know they didn't win, but there were a lot of draws in there. So just. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of draws. And then there was a game in D.C. where Dome lost it before uh, in the pregame and he was yelling at uh, at everybody, yelling at me and uh, and Ariel before we did the interview because he was, like, so frustrated. He thought he was going to get fired. And then they came out and they played a fantastic game, and, and that was a takeoff point for the season. All right? Anyway, as far as this game is concerned, if you look at the first 18 minutes of the game, you're like, woohoo, this team is in great form. Preseason was fantastic. They're continuing to move forward. Everything is great. They had six shots. In total, they scored a goal on a beautiful play from Medina to Maxi Morales to Tinderholm to Castellanos in a great buildup. It was fantastic to watch, and everything seemed to be going fine. And then, all of a sudden, after the 18th minute, they had only one shot on goal until the 67th, rather the 68th minute. It's just everything just seemed to disappear. So Hernando Sada was able to make his adjustments and Ronnie Dyla wasn't able to counter or maybe he tried and the team just didn't counter. Whatever they tried didn't work. Again, New York City FC only had one shot, which was a miss by Valentin Castellanos between the 29th minute and the 68th minute. In between that, Joseph Mora had a shot. That was, all, that was on target. Edison Flores had one that was blocked. Brendan, ha- uh, Brendan Hines-Ike had one that missed. Then he had a goal. Then Russell Canals had a goal. Then Junior Moreno had an attempt on target. Then Edison Flores missed one before Jesus Medina had a shot. So New York City basically went dormant and didn't do much of anything. And it's concerning. What's also concerning to me is that if the team isn't playing well and things aren't going well, why are you waiting until the, where was it, uh, 70th minute to make lineup changes? You made 71st minute to make lineup changes. Nothing was working. The team wasn't looking any better. They weren't creating chances. They weren't being able to figure out what DC was doing to create anything. Why are you waiting until the 71st minute to make a lineup change? 
and you have five and you only use three. Now, I know that you don't, you, you don't have the type of bench that you want with Everhurt and some of the new guys not, not, not in town yet. But you, ha- you had a way to be able to modify what was going on. And you didn't do that. And then once he did, we're talking about the 71st minute, then New York City had five sh- uh, four shots on goal after that. And the best attempt was Valentin Castellanos. That was uh, what they, they had. I don't, I don't care how many shots they had. They had one legitimate scoring opportunity, and that was Castellanos. Yeah. By the way, the Castellanos goal that was so brilliantly built up was probably a foul. It was an own goal. And, you know, you could easily that goal could have easily been taken away. So when you All look right. at, you know, but go ahead, Tom. Well, so we rely on John Rojas for tactics and he's going to get into formations. All right. But John, but what happened after the 18th minute? Wait, no, hold on, because it's not only that, and after the 18, is the whole game through um, NYTFC fall into DC United's trap. That was DC United's plan, game plan for the day, okay? Uh, they were trying to protect the center of the field, the, 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 yeah, the, the middle line of the field, give away a little bit of the wings, because as far as I see it, breaking down this United, they understood that the crosses from either of the sides coming from NYCFC were not good. And this is what I see breaking down this United and the, and, and the game plan from them is telling me that they're saying they can cross as many times as they want because they're not good crossing. So we're not going to let them play through the middle. That's why he plays this formation in which he changed uh, in, in, a, in a routinely manner between having four or five in the middle lane, okay? With, with three center backs, of course. And, 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 and they all move around. And it's, I call them, when I break them down today on my piece, I call them Team Chaos because that, that's what he wants. And he pressure with a, with, a, with a way that you call it um, waves, waves of pressure. So you had two or three players that are putting pressure on you, but you had two or three players that are waiting for that second ball and winning that second ball. So that's why they had so much of the center of the, the, the middle lane of the field protected. And the goal from Tati Castellanos it started in a position on which this United should win that ball because they are on one of the wins. They have everybody protected. They, everybody is well defended. And it's a square around two players of NYCFC. One of these C players just switch off for the second. And with one touch, that ball went from that side to the middle to the other side that was totally unprotected. That was their mistake. And that was uh, well, NYCFC took advantage of it. it partly mistake. Partly mm-hmm. mistake. But so everything you're saying, this is, this is great. This is great discussion. Because everything you're saying, uh, I'm looking at the stats. New York City had 11 crosses from open play with being given the width, as you're describing it. But they weren't they weren't necessarily given the width because the circulation from one side of the field to the other was not crisp like it was on that goal. That was minimal touches, bam, 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 maxi and the thing it's back of the net. It was the way you that's the only way. Exactly. They're just sliding numbers from side to side. I'm, I know it's more intricate than that, but it, the essence is they had large numbers wherever the ball was. And the way to get out of it is in, out, wide, in, out, wide. New York City's attack is based on overloads, overloads. 
that those are getting numbers up in the wide areas of the field through precise changing of the point and getting out of those jams with limited touches. And that, that see, that was a big part of my disappointment is they couldn't move their way out of that pressure. You know? No, they were, they were flat. They were flat. They did not recognize the amount of intervals of spaces that these United were given because this United pressure with these two waves give you a lot of space on the, on the unprotected side, right? Because you have a lot of people around the ball. That's the idea. We're going to push you there because you're going to... F- and that's the way, actually, that the first goal came for DC United. Okay? That pressure pushed uh, Chanot to just dump the ball to, to, to the side, a throw-in. Flores came out of that, and he had three options to pass the ball. One in the middle of the box, one far, which was Canoes, and one, the defender, the center back, who took a beautiful shot. You cannot take anything out of that individual quality to take that shot. It was amazing. But it's, in, but it's impossible that he can get out of that situation of pressure and have three wide options <laughs> for himself. Same thing yeah. with the corner kick. Okay? Same thing with the corner kick. Yes, it's coming from the training ground. Yes, you have you know, to be there and to have that advantage, you have to set up your team. As a coach, you rely on the quality of the guy who's taking the corner and the quality of the guy who's taking the shot. But you're taking advantage of the way the opposition team is defending. It was totally run to defend. There were two players on the box, up, totally open to attack the ball, plus two players outside. One of those, the one who took Canoes, who took the shot with a lot of space and a lot of tranquility to put it on that side. If you want to talk, hold on, just just this, Roberto. If you want to see two really alarming things, being this, the first game of the season, there are two for me. One, Tati Castellano's celebration. Because or either he's telling his girlfriend to call him or he's calling teams to call him. Okay? Second. Well, he put, was, out a, he put out a tweet. Did you see his tweet? No, I did. That's what he's. He put out a tweet with uh, the goal and the celebration with a phone call. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, is that what you're talking about? I thought you said he. Oh, okay. That's the way he celebrated on the field. All right. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, he made like the call me sign. Riquelme is fighting for his contract. He puts his ear here because he wants to hear the front office talking about his contract. Okay? Other big players are asking for money. (laughs) They'll celebrate like this with the money sign on their hands. He's calling, he's celebrating with a phone. Someone has to call him. He wants someone to call him. That is alarming. Not only because he can leave or one, no, because what he wants, which is different. That's what is alarming for the team. And second, Dayless coming. Because this is the first game of the season. Okay. I don't care if it's a step back from preseason. I don't care preseason. Okay. I don't care if you saw a trash team out there. You're not going out to the media. And throw your players on, under the bus at the first game of the season, you're losing your team, you're losing your group. And in that sense, the following game is a must win, not because of the point, not because of qualification, not because of uh, no, because the players are going to show that they're there for him or not. Go ahead, Roberto. Right, so, I yeah, mean, I, I don't uh, know. Okay, uh, yeah. so. You have an interpretation of what Tati was trying to do or trying to say with that celebration. 
And, and let's be fair. That's your interpretation. I don't necessarily think that's him telling other teams to call him or that he's going to call other teams. I mean, that I don't know what he meant to say. And uh, I will ask him that if I get that opportunity, what that celebration means. Okay? But that's not we innocent. Let's put it that way. Again, it's an interpretation. Okay. And he may lie to me when he tells me what it means. or I don't know. I, to I be fair, I thought know. the same thing John thought. <laughs> like, that's that's my, okay. Yeah. But again, those are interpretations, right? We don't know. We really don't know what he what, what he fully means like that. We know that Palmeiras is trying to get him. We know Palmeiras uh, is doesn't have really enough money to be able to do it because Real in Brazil is getting killed against the dollar. So a month ago, it was a lot cheaper to get Castellanos than it is this month because of uh, the difference in, in currency and what it's worth against the dollar. So th there's that. Well, we know Tati is... Uh, looking for a new contract with New York City if he's going to stay. So, I mean, it, it, you can interpret it any way you want. And I'm not saying that what you're saying isn't valid. It, you might be 100% right, but I think that it, that's not the only interpretation we should give to that. Um, no, but that's exactly the point, Roberto. If you give in elements to different kind of interpretations, you, I mean, this is not the moment. That's what I mean. If his head is on the team, he will celebrate with his teammates. He will celebrate with a teacher to his dad or whatever. But if you give him these kind of signals and then read whatever you want, that is the kind of team and group that is not working together to one same purpose. Okay, so, so Tati Castellanos did what Tati Castellanos always does. He hustled his ass off for the entire game. Oh, fantastic. Okay. He uh, led the team in, in total shots with four, had two shots on target, created two shots between him and uh, Thororensen were the only ones who created two shot, cre created two chances rather during the whole game. Okay. So, you know, he won two. That's why he wants he teams to call him because he's doing great. And again, he's the guy's hustling <laughs> for crying out loud. Look, no, there's no denying that. Be able to make more exactly. money. No, there's no denying everybody, his hard work. Everybody wants to make more money. So uh, we'll see. He's making $250,000 this year, and uh, I'm sure he wants a pretty decent raise. Man. And we'll see. You know, I don't know what the, what the, what they were uh, offering him over at uh, Palmeiras as a salary uh, if he ever went there. So, you know, all these things are in play. I'm more concerned about the fact that New York City really couldn't counter-adjust to what D.C. United did. And also, the, the second goal in particular, I know Glenn has a beef because we've spoken about it on the first goal on Keaton Parks, gets muscled off the ball by Edison Flores, and, and that creates the opportunity. For the, for the but, second time, which led to the first Heinz-Ike uh, shot that went wide, you know, and I'm not, look, I'm a Keaton Park wait, fan. But hold on. I'm just saying, the second part. I'm just saying that the, this, this physical battle that uh, I, th I thought they were physically dominated New York City, which I, was another surprising aspect to me. I don't know if a dominate is too strong a word for what you guys saw, but I, it just, I, I don't know. But say, just want to get to the second point, okay? And it's this. The second goal, how they left Russell Knauss open there is absurd because you know that they practice this every day. Because how many times has New York City tried the exact same play, either with Tinnerholm and during preseason, they even tried it against DC United with with uh, with Goody. It's even worse, Roberto. Yeah. 
but how, how do you leave that guy open with this is what you do by every day in practice? It's even worse. In games. Canals was outside of the box. And, and, and so in the middle, when, he, when he took that shot against San Jose, and, in so the, was, uh, and, and so was Goody when he took that shot against BC in preseason. In the middle of the box, totally open and undefended was Sorga. Okay. Yeah, well, that's a different story, but they didn't go there. They went to Canals. But I mean, Canals, there was no New York City player within 10 yards. So it's, e so it's easier, so it's easier, easier to score and easier to hit a ball the way that Canals did and not Sorga in the penalty box open? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this is where they went. I'm not saying that, John. All right, well, let's leave it. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. What an intro to, the, what an intro to this yeah. one, man. So, but uh, it's uh, look, what do you got, Tom? No, I was going to ask you, Glenn. So clearly one of the things that we were all disappointed by was New York City's inability to handle the pressure from DC United, as John called it, the waves of pressure. Did you, and John, I can follow up after Glenn, did you see New York City trying to make any kind of adjustment to that pressure and why they weren't able to successfully um, counter it or work their way out of it to, to string well, passes only, together to be more cohesive? The only adjustment that was made, and uh, he pretty much did it on his own, was Maxi Morales dropping deeper into the midfield. It was discussed at halftime that Maxi had to get on the ball more, and, and he was... Uh, but so he was caught too deep in the second half and too high in the attack in the first half. So uh, I thought it was a salient point afterwards from Ronnie Dyla. It's just like he needs to be almost in between those two lands in order to get on the ball more. That was the only adjustment I saw that they, Maxie was trying to get on the ball more to create. But he, I, I don't like it when he drops that deep and, and gets on the ball. He's, he's less creative, and I think uh, – you know, at, at the at the moment, uh, they were just trying to get something going. I don't the I, again I, adjustment to work out of pressure. I I just it's players on the ball recognizing it, having players uh, underneath the where the ball is played, then having players anticipating the second and third ball after that and putting themselves into positions. I'm going to suggest that that gets trained an awful lot, uh, and so. I don't know what adjustment you need. You just have to have, you have to have some sort of um, of a confidence and a, and have developed a rhythm and a relationship with each other. And uh, you know, I just thought it would be a more advanced relationship for uh, the situation they were dealt with. And FC Cincinnati's gonna, you know, gonna see five in the back there, maybe, huh? I, I don't know. I know they uh, they didn't set up that way necessarily. Uh, they were kind of in a it looked like a four or five one at times, but uh, uh, in their draw, but we'll see. John, did you see any kind of adjustments that were attempted? Not really. I mean, more, more than what Glenn said of Maxi coming down and getting more involved. Uh, you see the, the, the passing network, the map. Uh, it just is it, totally um, evident that they fall into the trap. They keep playing and playing and playing through the middle. Middle, yeah. And 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 one big adjustment that you can do, like like Glenn said, the players have to recognize this and, and there are adjustments that you as a player can do, which is pass the ball faster, try to uh, set your body in an angle that you don't need to look around, but you can actually scan the field before and just take one touch to roll the ball quick uh, and get out of that pressure. 
But from the bench, you see the, the side that is unprotected. You see the amount of space. Yep. So you have to call someone and tell them, okay, we're going to play two chores, one long, because by the time the guys get there, if we set someone on the other side, either they move or they're going to get that late because there's, there's no waste. The ball is always faster. No one is going to run as fast as the ball. There was a moment where Castellanos, this was after uh, New York City went up 1-0, and it really seemed like from this moment on, I don't even remember if I brought it up in the broadcast, Tom, but yeah, you he, did. Re- he received the ball, and Tinnerholm was, was wide open just to continue the reversing of the ball to get him in once again, establishing some width, which is something that they you know, had just done a couple of minutes earlier to score the goal. And he held it another touch, another touch, then tried to do something with it, got dispossessed, and it was a counterattack for D.C. United. I thought that was part of the demise of their moving the ball in a, in a manner where they could find numbers up. Hey, yeah, so that, that, I, did you watch Leeds today, John? I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did. All right. So Leeds played Liverpool. Here's here's something interesting, because this is the other thing. Sometimes when you change the point, maybe you move it and it's not as precise as you would like. And the other team recovers. So what do you do? You step on it and do it again. You figure out a different way. I think I would love to know. And maybe you are. You do know, John, because you study Bielsa so closely. They seem to put the amount of pace on the ball to draw Liverpool in just enough to where they can receive, get it back, and wow. change, it, change it again. It's almost yeah. like they take weight off the pass in different moments, and they really, it really makes the opponent chase the game. I thought they did it almost to perfection today. I mean, there were moments. I mean, they gave up the ball every now and then because, you know, they're, all, they're crazy, but and it the, was... Uh, that, that, Glenn, that is prepared to the detail in the sense that that ball... That is going to be almost 50-50 goes to your teammate that is faster than the guy is coming. Yeah, yeah. They understand that. They know if I put this ball 50-50, he is going to get there first because he's faster. They have that information. Right, let's go. It's, to, it's on purpose. That was let's, awesome. Let's go to this. We'll break down more of the Leeds game coming up in, in the next show, but let's go back to New York City. I've seen DC United. Roberto, you, you made a, a really good point earlier just about the, the amount of space between shots for New York City. Just shows how you know DC really controlled the game, and you alluded to the subs and when they came in uh, on on the Spanish broadcast. Um, you know, when did you all start talking about possible subs, and what would you have liked to have seen Ronnie Dyla do in that situation? Well, we started talking about substitution. I think it was like in the 63rd minute when we, at that point, said like, "Why aren't substitutions coming?" Because nothing seems to be very effective, and. Uh, we, we thought that something needed uh, to change. I mean, and then he went and he made three changes all in one shot. Uh, and then he never changed anything else again. I was sort of surprised that he took Callens out. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, but he wanted to go to three in the back. And that's where he decided to sacrifice for that to work. And then he took Thorarensen out as well. And to Drury Schrade. Now, tr- the funny thing about that is that to Drury Schrade had the lowest amount of passes completed as far as accuracy. Only 52% of his passes that he completed and Callens 59.5%. So I'm wondering if they were actually uh, tracing that sort of information or it was just so evident to them that no, they, Roberto, that these guys... But yeah. To ponder that information, you need to know the amount of passes that they have. 
because it's not the same if I miss 50% of two passes right. or 50% of a thousand passes. You know, the more right. I have well, the ball, the more chances I had to lose it. Exactly. Well, in this case, it was uh, 42 passes for Collins, uh, which is, you know, not, not a bad number for the amount of time that it was on the field, which is 71 minutes. Uh, Chano had 65, for instance, 65 passes, 81% in 90 minutes. Uh, Tajuri Shradi was really the guy who struggled. He had 21 passes. So, uh, and basically only a little bit more than half went to the right guy. So, I mean, and you're an attack and you're trying to build and it goes to Tajuri Shradi and not much is happening. I'm thinking as far as they're seeing that. And then maybe the stats later come in and, uh, and, and sort of cement that, that fact of what they were, what they were looking at, because, you know, it didn't look like Medina. I mean, Medina obviously involved in the goal and he made a really brilliant pass to Morales who got, who then got, uh, um, ah, why am I like, home open on the right side. Okay. That was a really brilliant one, one touch pass. But did you get much of a sense of Medina making a difference in the game aside from that? Well, which other attacking player yeah, were you there bringing in? Yeah, we, we, bringing we started in? talking about that on the English broadcast, but you started looking down that list, and there weren't really any attacking options. Not only well, who you, had, you well, bring you in, one, but which is Jason? You had one, which is Jason. Yeah, and Jason was between you know it was between Jason and Tajiri Shradi, probably of who was going to start. I mean, and he probably decided he'd go with a veteran, and you know maybe not uh, hurt feelings early in the season. And I'm thinking that that has something to do with it give the veteran a chance as opposed to benching him right off the bat for, you know, a teenager. But uh, Jason's going to get more of a chance to play. I mean, to Shradi, as much as, you know, at the beginning of his career with New York City, and we can see what, he can, what he's been able to do in spurts. But then again, he's becoming consistent as of late. He's not as consistent as he used to be when he first came to the team. Well, and look, so now I, you go, uh, he didn't do I, I don't, I don't, on yeah, I don't lay all this on Shradi, man. Every time he received the ball, there were two players there and then a third player the, they weren't getting, he, I, I remember him being isolated one V one, which is his, that's his game, a, a big part of his game once. And that second defender got there pretty quickly too. So what that means to me is the, the ball movement is not uh, efficient enough in one and two oh, touches, wow. three touch maximum in order to get it to his side of the field so he can take somebody on. I mean, here's your one on one guy. How many times did you isolate him? You know, so, you know, I do we lay some of that on him? Maybe positionally he didn't. Uh, but create- not only on them, on him, Glenn. I mean, because it's not only who you're going to bring from the bench is what the other guys on the front are doing you know i mean it's not it's not like he is the broken piece on a system that is working fine and every time he has the ball we're losing that sequence no it's not it's that we don't have in sequences <laughs> right there weren't enough sequences so, and then also right. it may it may also be you know in this case that maybe he and goody just don't have a really good understanding i mean goody's his partner up the left side they did switch Who? him to the right side for a little while during the game they did flip him but uh Maybe he and Goody just don't have a great understanding. Cool. We saw that uh, Malte Edmondson did come in, so uh, maybe Malte will get the start now uh, against FC Cincinnati. We'll see back. how that goes. Yep, we'll see how that John goes. John is enjoying the uh, Goody maybe cool. not doing his job. No, no, he's doing his job. That's, that's, the problem. that's the problem, that he's doing it out of the best of his capabilities. Here's the other thing, too, and I'm telling you, 
I, I don't know exactly how this should have been handled. So uh, Sean Johnson uh, was named captain uh, uh, midweek before this uh, opening game. Uh, and, you know, hard to argue that. Uh, I do want to talk about that a little bit because, I mean, you, th- you consider everything Sean Johnson has done off the field and on the field and how much he's involved. He's the player rep. Uh, his uh, uh, He's on the executive committee of uh, Black Players for Change and his, uh, you know, his involvement with um, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, hit, being called into the national team during the course of all this uh, it, during the pandemic and uh, and how he, you know, also maintained a high level of play for the most part. So I, I don't uh, I don't think there's any argument with the choice, but there were other candidates. Uh, there was Anton Tinnerholm. Uh, well, I don't know who everybody's going to say, but to me, uh, Anton Tinnerholm, uh, maybe Maxi Morales, uh, you know, there, there were, uh, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is because did you see what Phil Neville did? He's going to rotate four captains over the course of the season because he said we have so many um, outstanding leaders. Uh, and I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't read who the four captains were. I guess we could guess a couple of them, but uh, he's going to rotate captains. And I found that interesting because one of the things I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody in the team is going to be, you know, angry that Sean Johnson or with Sean Johnson he was named captain. But there's there's different factions here, and why not why not name multiple captains? What why has that always been the thing? You only have is it because the referee has to go to one captain? Then you name a name a game captain, which is I guess is what Neville will do. He'll have different game captains and rotate these guys. I don't know if it's that big a deal, but I think for a team that has multiple leaders and it's it's kind of an interesting balance of uh, of leaders within this team. And uh, but and and who took charge? Hey, but the big question: Who took charge on Saturday night? Who took charge and and ran up and grabbed everybody by the neck and said, "Hey, let's go! We know how to play football. Bring them together." I don't know what you do, but certainly I didn't see anyone anyone get angry. I didn't. I didn't see it. How could you not be angry with that performance and, and get get in somebody's face? And you have oh. 45 minutes. They turn the game in six minutes. Less, four minutes, right? Yeah. DC United turned out the game in six minutes. The two will, goals were like five minutes apart. I was going to ask you, Glenn, I mean, you've been a coach for a million years. How often in your <laughs> coaching career has the, the, goal the, goal has the goalkeeper been named the captain? Is it more often than not a field player? Uh. Yes, but you know sometimes that's circumstantial. Uh, you know, it you can't. Obviously, ask. there are a lot more field players than there. Are, there's one goalkeeper, but I'm just saying. Well, you know, you know I asked Matty Lawrence this, and because I thought, you know, here's a guy that played central defense, uh, you know, over a dozen years on the professional level in England, and he had he had played with some teams where the the keeper was the captain, and he said it was great. You know, it worked out fine. Uh, I know we think, well, are they too far from the play? They can't take charge. You know, do they have to run all the way up to the opposite box to, I'm uh, to be the person to speak to the referee? <laughs> you know, because because the letter of the law, this is what's great about this enveloping of the referees. The captain is the, the only, only one, one who is, if you open up all the rule, whatever the rule book, is, he's the only one that's allowed to address. <laughs> the exactly. referee. There's always yeah. like. The, you, so, a so an issue. Six, all right. So, so if that's the case, and they decide to go by the letter of the law, 
then you have an issue having Maxi Morales be your captain because maybe a lot of the referees, I mean, we know that quite a few of them do speak Spanish, but uh, a lot of them don't speak Spanish. And so how do you communicate there aside from gesturing? So uh, we all know that all the referees do speak English, so you have to have somebody who obviously speaks English and speaks it well to get your point across. I understand the the goalie having to run up the field uh, to be able to speak to the referee if they decide to go letter of the law sort of thing. But let me ask you this, Glenn, and I guess I'm asking everybody. Does your captain need to be a fiery, emotional guy to be no, a leader? Not, not necessarily. Uh, just second, because I know that you love Anton Tinnerholm, and you probably thought that Anton would have been the ideal guy to be captain. Is that, am, I, did, I, I never I, said that. Right. No, no. I know I didn't say it. that's why I was asking. No, you, I no, I had multiple. I thought there were multiple guys that would be very good as a captain, including the Spanish-speaking Maxi Morales. But I, I, but I see the obstacles of uh, you know not maybe being able to converse in English. But Sean Johnson, I don't think speaks Spanish, and you, you know, what I'm saying? I mean, you could look at. He understands. He understands. He understands a little Spanish. Yep. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. So I, I didn't know. <laughs> you you brought out this story on me. Uh, <laughs> when when Sean Johnson was moving from Chicago to New York City, that was the uh, MLS Cup in Toronto, and I was on the bus going to coming back from the stadium. I think coming back from the stadium, thawing out, and behind my seat was someone speaking on an English with a Spaniard accent, a lot of Spanish words into the English. And a boy that I recognize as a, you know, he's, he's, he's a player. I know he's a player, but I don't know who he is. And they were talking about moving to New York. So, of course, it rang a bell. I turned my face a little bit my in my head, and I saw Sean Johnson. And they were talking about the move to New York. Ah. And at that point, I knew it. I don't know if you remember, but I text Roberto, I think, that night mm -hmm. because I decided not to, I decided not to say anything and not to talk to him. I mean, I thought all the way when he gets down, I'm going to go to him, you know, I'm going to present myself and probably I'm going to have a little chat with him and either public or not, I have the whole thing. And then when he's coming down, he's just so happy and, and, and emotional saying bye to this guy who's probably one of the guys from his representative agency or whatever. And I said, you know what, let the guy, you know, with his moment, I don't want to bother him for what? And I decided not to say anything, but, but he understands Spanish. I, I learned that, that he, he understands a lot of words in Spanish. But going back to the captain thing, there's two concepts, Glenn, that I learned a lot, and, and one of them is from, from Bielsa too. One is you don't need, as a player, you don't need an R, an, an R band to be a leader. Uh, absolutely. So, absolutely. In, so in that case, in, in that case that you presenting us, which I agree with, anyone could just jump in the field and say, hey, what no, I, you know, I wasn't here? I, I wasn't anyone. suggesting that it had to be what Sean John. I, when I said that, yeah, I, I wasn't suggesting it had to be Sean. It could have been James Sands. In fact, exactly. I'm almost disappointed that Sands did because I, I he, he's the one who talked about the team not playing uh, up to expectations last year, not using maximum effort last year. I mean, he's the one that presented that in his first press conference this year. So even Morales, and I'm not saying Maxi, I'm not saying Maxi, but um, I forgot his name. 
Alfredo. 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 Even Alfredo coming in with his hands. Come on, come on, come on. Right? And, yeah. You know, pushing the people up. Well, so that's why that, that's I, we're gonna we're gonna see him in the starting lineup on Saturday. I'm all, he I, has. He I would has guarantee it almost. He has to play in the eleven. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, he showed it already. He has to be there. Because I but think it's an important game to win. I And I know I called it a must. I think it's huge. And, John, you you kind of um, you extrapolated beyond some of the reasons why. But it, it, it comes from that, you know, the expectations, what Tati did maybe with the celebration, what's going on. We didn't have this. Where was the leadership? There's There's a lot. There's something going on. And uh, it could be solved with a very convincing win against FC Cincinnati. Games can do that, man. Games. The can... other concept playing with the captaincy and, and that could apply, and especially in these cases with this kind of teams, is Bielsa always says that in his teams, the captain is chosen by the players. Wow. They get together and they choose the captain. Why? Because if he is your representative on the field, as a, as a player, you should select your representative, not me. I'm not on the field. Well, you should have a field representative captain, and then you should have a coach's captain because your captain also has to have a, 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 a special relationship with the coach. That well, has to be. You, you know what? If you give the players the liberty to choose their captain, I, I think that captain will have a lot of good relationship with the coach. Yeah. I mean, it'll well, probably work out a majority of the time. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of coaches, then Roberto, do we Wait, give credit? I was just going to say, can you explain the Red Bulls to me if the, if that's the thing that he has to have a special relationship with the coach? Because it seems like every time somebody gets named captain of the Red Bulls, they're jettisoned the next year. <laughs> well, that's a special relationship. That's a special, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're that's the next. In a different way. Right, but, chosen one to leave. <laughs> all right, but just on the coaching note, guys, do we just then give credit to the first year coach from DC United? He gets some credit. Hey, how about he's yeah. an interesting guy. And John, so John, you got to tell a little bit about uh, the uh, the daily uh, yeah, the, calendar the that uh, the team gets. But he did you guys know that he and maybe this is common knowledge. I don't know. But he he uh, made the field uh, made Audi field shorter. Yep. Uh, and that's obviously I would imagine because his team isn't fit and he still wants to press high. I, that's what I'm guessing. And uh and at, at his very first... Wait, hold on, but by the way, yeah. just to, to, to be clear there, a little parenthesis there. Right. You know that every team can do that, right? Yes. The Up only thing the... that you need to do is to announce it to the league with a few days in advance so they can let the other team know and you can do it. Right. Right. So they went from 115 by 75 to 112 by 75, three yards. Can we make Yankee and Stadium you, smaller? And they give you the wins. And they give you the wins. To play, no. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And then, I mean, to me, I mean, to me, that that part was more about cutting off spaces of the other teams because he's going to try to out hustle every other team, and so he's going to try to cut down spaces. And uh, having a smaller field just gives less opportunity for other teams to be able to move the ball around. Yeah, if it's shorter, especially the way they want to press. Yeah. So right. the the other thing is. Apparently that the, maybe this was all written in the same article, which I didn't read. Somebody was telling me the story. The very first team meeting he had, he put up on the screen everybody's body comp, body composition, body fat. He showed everybody's like w that you could see, and he went one by one. You know, you're this is not good. This is. Not <laughs> I thought he said when it. I heard that he said it on public. Uh, did he? Okay. The players 
came out too high on the body composition. Well, yeah, no, he's well, yeah, he said the thing that surprised him the most was uh, that his team was so unfit when he arrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? That one? Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, well, tell us about their daily schedule, John. What's what's that? What's going on there? Well, when in every morning, when every player had arrived to the facilities, they receive a sheet of a paper with the schedule of activities to the hour. So every single hour, what you have to do during the day that you are in the facilities, from the okay. time, from the moment you step in up to the moment you leave. And he says, at this time, you live in. <laughs> so do you think that's uh, uh, being a little bit too detail-oriented and not letting a, a, a player breathe a little bit during the course of his time at the facility? Uh, it's, I mean, there's a sense of discipline there, which is, I'm sure, the uh, you know completely <laughs> opposite to what was there before. What you if you have to go to the, the bathroom? Field. You can see it on the field. <laughs> You saw at the, at the end of the first half, nobody ran to the locker room. They got together in the middle and they went out together on the field. Mm-hmm. I so did not see it's, that. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's part of that detail-oriented uh, style of management. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and you see it on, on the tactics. I mean, that midfield change from four in a rumble to three on a line to three on a square, you know, in multiple situations during the game. And, and that is precise and that is tall. And, and the set piece is clearly, you know, Roberto said it. I mean, yeah, they went with the guy outside on the second goal, but that's their purpose. That's why the guy, the other one is on the box, totally open. If some defender is with that guy, maybe they change the play because that guy may run and block me, right? But not even with my guy in front, I'm totally free. So they work on that little details. But you don't Uh, like this. uh, this mm -hmm. But you, so your your fear is that the DC United players will suffer from burnout eventually under this? uh... That's my my fear. Not only one is physically because the demands of playing these, you know, pressure on waves is a lot. Because you saw it on, on Tatis Castellanos' goal. You know, one, you switch off for the second. The ball went to the other side. What that means, my three defenders are running backwards, defending, looking at my goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm already out. I'm already out. If my center backs are defending that way, looking at my own goal, I'm already praying that nothing bad happens. Anybody and, else think that was a foul on Castellanos? I'm not making it up. I just thought... He completely I mean, he hit the guy's way. the back of his Achilles, and then the force of uh, Castellanos into the foot hit the ball, and then the ball went in the back of the net. I mean, you know, it was a good effort on everybody's way. part. It's a bang yeah. bang play. So yeah, no, no, it's, it's a, a good effort. They're both going for the ball. I mean, he's not going. He's not trying to follow him. He's just trying to kick the ball in, and the other guy got his foot there. And it's hard to say actually who really touched the ball. That's why Castellanos got credit for the goal because it's not a hundred percent clear that it's an own goal. In the, in the replays that I saw, I can't tell. In some of them, I think it's an own goal. And in some of them, depending on the angle, I think Castellanos touches the ball. They decided to leave it as a Castellanos goal, which is which I think is fair. Yeah. So, what I think, hey, what that, I think uh, then with DC is that... Sorry, Roberto. Go ahead. Finish. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. That... Look, if you look at giving away a space on the wide game 
to protect them, you know, the, the center, the middle lane of the field. Uh, be, um, the way he uh, scored from a set piece coming out of the corner with a real clear set piece that has been worked on, right? The pressures on wave, uh, the, the way that Tajuri Trati couldn't have a 1v1 often, the way that uh, Maxi Morales always had covered the spaces and the situation that he could manage with the ball on his, on his feet. That is telling me that this guy studies the opposition team as, you know, as, as much as he, as he can. Every little detail. He's trying to get advantage of every detail that he sees on the opposition team. So for me, we need to wait a little bit more time to see what he's going to do with different rivals, with di you know, with different opposition teams. That's one. So we're not going to define this United by what we saw on the first game. And second, that same thing is one of the elements that can burn players out, especially on a league like this, that you don't have 40 players all of the same caliber and that can, you know, physicalities and all that. So you got to take care of a lot of stuff mentally and physically to actually produce with this so detail-oriented style of management. Yeah. Let's, be, let let cool me add something there, okay? Let me add something to that. Right now, D.C. is very, very shorthanded with all the injuries that they have. Two, as John mentioned, you know, roster size is here a little bit limited. Three, summers in the United States are very different than uh, what a full season in Belgium is like. They're, they don't go through that sort of heat. So if he's going to be micromanaging it to that level and demanding that sort of effort for that level throughout the entire year, uh, I agree. I mean, there, there's a very good chance of burnout. So you hope that he learns as he goes to be able to adjust and to loosen and to, you know, take all these things into consideration. Because I do remember also, I mean, like he's a young coach and he's the youngest coach in the league, by the way. But uh, I remember when Patrick Vieira was in New York in his first year. And he insisting on playing out of the back and playing out of the back and no matter what, playing out of the back. And then finally, when season number two came in, came along and then we spoke to him, he said, well, I made a mistake and I shouldn't be playing out of the back all the time. And we're going to jump lines depending on, on who we're playing and what the situation is. So you want to know how flexible he is with his tactics and with his thought process that when he sees that some things aren't working, instead of trying to force it through and thinking, hey, this isn't working because they're not doing what I want them to do. It's, hey, this isn't working. Maybe I need to adjust to something else because th th this isn't really going to work, no matter what. You know what's the difference, Roberto? Experience is one. No, 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 not even. The difference is playing out of the back is a concept, okay? Micromanaging style of, 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 of micromanaging style is a way of living. It's, to, it's, it's things that you cannot compare when you think about changing, okay? Changing the concept of your style of play may be easy. Changing the way you live for the game is not easy. It's almost impossible because you're changing hey, yourself. Let me ask you this. Well, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between Bielsa and him. But there seems to be some <laughs> yeah. common. There's, Put it there's the other way around. There's a here. little tiny common thing. 
You think it's a little bit. You think it's a little time because there's commonalities between the the 24 hour, seven day a week. I live, I live and breathe soccer only that they both have. So what would you say are the commonalities uh, aside from that and the differences? I mean, the model of play is totally different, for example. The model of play is totally different. He made the model of play he, his own. And I'm talking uh, Losada. Uh, yes, he has some similarities on, on some kind of pressure, on the waist pressure, for example. But but you cannot compare. Plus, Bielsa has won and lost so many with his style that Losada could ever dream. Well, what you know? So now we'll uh, June twenty seventh is the next time these two play at Red Bull Arena. So it will be. No, uh, it'll be cool to. Uh, I've enjoyed the discussion because it'll be cool to see uh, how they progress, and of course how New York City FC progresses too. So FC Cincinnati tied Nashville 2-2 uh, in the opener. A uh, couple of nice goals. This, this kid Brenner, you know, has some game. Uh, uh, it wasn't, I mean, the high was really, you know, high on him. And uh, he played well, but just well. The think, one that yeah. really, really played good was Acosta, Luciano. Yeah, yeah. He and really he's... played. Is he more underneath him? Is that kind of the way yes. they have it set up, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Matarita, sometimes the Matarita two got from, an assist on a goal, right? Yes. First goal. He, he played good. He yeah. played good, especially the, the, I mean, after the, the goal they received, they played the first one. He started playing really, really good. But the star for me was the goalkeeper, Teton. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, he it had was the, fantastic. Well, the stat line is ridiculous. They had like 31 shots. Uh, there were some incredible stats in this game. I don't, I don't, you know, sometimes I don't always tell the story. I'm going to pull it up in a second, but, but Matarita's assist was really sensational. And it was interesting. I thought because he, he, he was inverted on the play. He had put himself into the middle of the park, worked a combination, but he slipped the ball between defenders with the perfect weight on it to set up the goal. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. I thought so here, where, where are you? Cincinnati. Where the heck are you? There you I, go. I have it. So uh, it's I, I, 31. I it. Well, let me just go over 31 to seven shots, 13 to on target corners taken 14 to one in favor of Nashville. You know, I mean, those are those are some really lopsided considerations. Open play crosses 23 for Nashville. So they're serving It's serving and one in the second half for Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah. They were hanging on for dear life, I suppose. I haven't seen the full match yet, so I don't know if anybody... Yeah, no. Uh, Titan had 11 saves in the game. Wow. No, that was amazing. I mean, not only the 11 saves. There was one play that he had two, probably three saves in the same sequence. Bam, bam, bam. It was amazing. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? It was amazing. He was really good for them. Uh, but in terms of building the play and players to pay attention to, you gotta keep an eye on on Acosta. You gotta keep an eye on Barreal, and and of course Brenner. He's gonna be you know growing on on the season on the game. He just got here. He right. barely understand how to you know the the league uh, uh, plays and how the competition is and all that. So he uh, he said to me that uh, of course there are 
talking more in Spanish and in, in Portuñol than in English because he and Acosta and Barreal can understand with the Spanish. He understands Spanish and they go from there. Well, I did. So uh, Brenner had 28 touches in the game. Mm. Uh, he won two fouls, committed a foul, had one shot, and he scored on it. Lutro on penalty well, kick. It was, a pe- it, was a penalty. Penalty. it was a penalty kick. Yeah, it was a penalty. But so All right, he I'm scored just, on yeah. it. It's important to point yeah. out. <laughs> Fine. Details. It was a good penalty, anyway, though. Uh, it was a good penalty. Yeah, yeah there you go. Total, uh, 64 total touches for Lutra Costa. 48 passes, 81% complete. Three tackles. He got fouled four times. He committed two fouls. He created four chances. And uh, he had a shot, and it was on target. Which he scored. You know what surprised so me? Go. From from Cincinnati, uh, Medu Janin was on the bench. He played. He came in from the bench, but he didn't start. For me, Medu Janin was like, you know, set in stone in the eleven. Yeah, and he he played every match last year, or he mm-hmm. led, led them in appearances, and they were letting goals by uh, Kubo with three. I mean, so they obviously their uh, productivity is something that is uh, they're putting a pretty big focus on. Uh, I you know look. They're uh, they're susceptible still at the back. So I, I like Pedersen. I like Hagland. Uh, Mata's back there, and uh, and Jao, he's pretty good. So it's and and then the keeper. You just said it, John. So, uh, but there's gonna be I, I I, it would be shocking if New York City didn't come up with something where they're gonna put a lot of pressure on them in this, in this home opener. Not just come up with something. You know the personnel. There aren't going to be many changes. You got who you I mean, got. They played together Alfredo, for a long Alfredo time now. Pardon? Alfredo has to start. So who comes Alfredo out if he goes in? Exactly. That's the question. I know. Right, so now well, you're saying he's, he's coming in and he's playing fine. Well, if it's so based on. You, you got to change the formation, I guess. If you do that, you're going to no, go you could, three in the back. No, you could replace it with Parks. Mm-hmm. I guess. You could. Sands isn't coming out. And maybe they'll. Uh, I don't see them doing starting three at the back at Yankee Stadium. I don't think that's going to happen yet. I would, but yeah, I don't think so. Oh. I think Abinson starts. Well, Abinson and uh, Tinnerholm. Now you got yes. you got a little more balance in the attack, probably. But we have hardly seen uh, Malta, so. But he created more in, you know, thirty seconds. He, he had goodie. to start since the day he arrived. He what? <laughs> he what? He had to start since the day he arrived. <laughs> Well, look, good Bundor. I, and you I said, said this, it to me, Glenn. I, I, don't, I didn't respect. I said, all right, I'm going to raise my opinion. I'm going to watch this game. He said the guy is getting better and better. He's more comfortable with the surrounding and, 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 and with the ball. I thought he was more physically. I thought he was more physically fit and strong. And, you know, I thought there was a greater physical presence, which wouldn't, you know, help him maybe on the defensive side of the ball. That, that was the thing I, I noticed in preseason. But well, neither way. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, he was a leader in passes on the team, right? Hold on. Sorry, do I, have yeah. that wrong? I have that wrong. I definitely have that wrong. I totally apologize. I, I was looking at Shano's line. Channel and it doesn't matter, Roberto. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, he only had 30. He did complete 86% of them, but he had only It doesn't matter. If I'm passing passes, my yeah. if, if I'm if I'm giving a hundred passes correct from my right. full back to my center back, it cares for nothing. 
Yeah, no, I get that. I get it. It's a type of pass on where it is and what it does. I get Did it. you see my expected assist tweet? <laughs> oh, my was... God. Yes, I saw it. Did you see my response on that? I, I didn't. I, I'm sure people gave me crap about it because, you know, oh, I uh, did, it's yes. sort of the well, but I, I thought it was startling. I mean, not startling, but I, I think it it. it Gave you an idea. Uh, Tinner Holmes expected assists were 0.68 and Goody's expected assists were 0.012, meaning there wasn't much balance going on between the right side and the left side from the from a very important attacking position in the way they want to play fullback. You learn something out of it, Glenn? Huh? But, but, but you if learn you something? look at stats, right? If you look at yeah, stats, yes, he created I, two scoring chances, and Castellano scored, created two scoring chances. Nobody else created more than one. So, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's uh, all these numbers can drive you a little what bit. What was the yeah, scoring? you're reading a paper, we're watching a game. That's the difference. What? No, no, no but no, what? He, well, I mean, too, I mean analytics is the same game. thing. What are the? What were the two goody goal chance creations? I'm, 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 I haven't rewatched the game, and I can't remember. I don't remember Tom calling that. I did, and I don't remember them. You remember that they happened? On my head. No. All right. But it, and by this conversation, I'm, I'm knowing now that neither of you took the time to read and look at my breakdown of this United. <laughs> well, what you, listen, I, I, had to, I cooked chicken fajitas tonight. I don't have time to look at this stuff. <laughs> I work for a living. So. <laughs> There's that. I, I had to go shopping in Scarsdale, so so what the heck I'm doing there? Much of a chance either. That's a good question. <laughs> I look at almost everything you do, John. Eventually, but I did not even see this. Did you yeah. tweet it? I didn't see it. Of course, All right, I didn't see. It. I said it to you. I you tweeted it. I sent it to you on a text. Oh, he, you sent it to me did. on a text? Yes. No, I, I on the group text. He sent it to all of us on a text. All right, all right, all right. I'm looking at it. All right, all right, all right. That oh, was a this, good game yeah. for them. You sent it at 5.27 p.m. Come on, man. Yeah, we're, I, we're recording this at 8.30. I haven't had a chance. to. I'm Chicken you. fajita prep time. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's tactics. You can't even right. look at them. Well, hey, we got we to gotta wrap soon. We got to assume that after an hour and 15 minutes, people may stop listening. But uh, <laughs> as interesting as uh, as this is. All right, um, well, but we, I know we didn't get into this Super League, but it, it, it is something. Here's, here's what I know about it, okay? My wife, the great Dr. Mary Chaco, who doesn't, does not follow any, you know, she, she likes soccer, but she, she comes up to me today and says, hey, what, what is this Super League thing going on? And if it's gotten to her somehow, then this is prominent news that probably should be you know, reviewed at some point, but, uh, I say, uh, you know, I'm like, I care about how the game's played, how players are developed. And you know, I don't, I don't go too nuts about any of this stuff. I don't care about uniforms. I don't care about pro pro rel. I don't care about, I, I care about the way the game is played, how it's played, figuring it out and the development of players. But that's, you know, that's that's me. So that's I'm not going to I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about this Super League. And, you know, oh, well, 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 we may in the next in the next few weeks, depending on on what right. happens. Yeah, Obviously, we should follow it along. I mean, the fact that there's already, a, you know, a well, this may not for you. is great. Maybe this is me. 
Now for you, Glenn, because this was all in Spanish, but I tweeted live the first interview that Florentino Perez, which is the president of Real Madrid and the right. president of the Super League, yeah. did today in Spain. So every single detail that he said and explained about Super League is in Spanish on my timeline. Yeah, so go to, go to John's timeline. Vayan a la al Twitter de, de John. I think I have audio Google Translate. No, no you can that, click that, that, that on be. each tweet. Oh, Under you can? Tweet, oh, you okay. can click yeah. and it says translate. Oh, tweet, you oh, you, translate uh, oh the translate. I thought you meant you sent the uh, the video audio. No, you just you put no, out. No, no, the tweet. no he, he, wrote, he wrote it out. All right. He wrote, uh, he wrote it out on text. When did and, you send that? <laughs> right before we started, because I was doing it live. All right. Oh, you were doing it live? You are the man. You are the yeah, man. I know. Thank you. John's gonna but get anyway, me. It, it, John's it, it, gonna get me the clubhouse. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it soon. I got to get involved go. in some of these discussions, man. So anyway, oh, yeah. it, it sounds. I mean, just you have to like, like a horrific idea that they're doing this. And look, there there there's no sinks nope. and cinders in all this because UEFA and FIFA, you know, are not exactly, um, you know, knights in shining armor through all of this who are, who are getting screwed. That's not the uh, that's not the thing. It's all about rich teams trying to get richer and get more money. Why? But beyond, Why? But Why? beyond do, you know, do you know the elements of it? Why? I'm not saying I'm pro or against, but I'm asking you, why are you saying rich is only for riches? Because the teams that are involved in all of this, who have guaranteed positions in this league, are mm -hmm. all rich teams. Mm -hmm. It's not and? just traditional teams. It's and? rich teams. And? And what? And the, the, the other teams that aren't rich, so the rich are going to get richer and the poor are Why? going to get poorer, and that Why? disparity. Why? Why? Because they're going to because a lot more money is going to get there, is going to be sent the there money because is of going television to be split rights. for everybody. The money is going to be split. For, that, that's why I'm saying you got to inform. You have to inform yourself before getting your opinion. I'm not saying I'm pro or against it. No, no. Okay? But when you say but it's the be split way for everybody, no, you're the, talking you're about you're not getting the information from the, the right place. That's what I'm saying. You're not getting the information from the right place because everybody assumed from a piece of paper that came out yesterday and assumed that this is a close league, that they're going to go out of you. Uh, champ Champions League is going to be closed. Uh, the, no. the leagues are going to be closed. The, no. the money is only for the riches. No. What they actually no, do is this. What The concept that they're doing is this. We are the top teams. We are the teams with the best players. The people is watching us. So we're going to get here on a league that matters because people is going to watch. And by their saying, people is not sitting in millions to watch Getafe, Manchester United. They're sitting in millions to watch Manchester United, Real Madrid. And they pay for that. So that's the way we're going to make money and split it to everybody. So we can have money or the, the lower, the middle, and the top of the, the pyramid. Yeah, that's how much are they? Being, that's right. what they're, a, they're, saying, this. they're giving. So, how much of the money are they giving away? Are they giving you eighty percent of it away? Hey, you I have. You're giving money away. How much money are you giving away? Well, that's the that's the detail that they had to explain. Well, but that, that is that, totally that's different to saying only money for the rich clubs. That's totally but different. How much, but but it depends how much they divide it out until we see the real numbers and what they give out. And you know how much and I'm making right now. You know how much I'm making right now? 
You know the amount of teams that are living out of the TV rights for people that watch them and not their, the other teams? Well, it's different in each league. I'm not, def- I'm not know saying I'm pro this. I'm in not England, saying I'm pro this. I'm more, saying you have to get in the Spain, whole information before making an opinion. No, That's what I'm saying. But I have information. In Spain, we know that the top teams are the ones that make the most money and the lower teams make almost nothing. In England, it's more evenly split. It's different in every league. It's not the same everywhere. I am informed. And why Why this, this, the, the, the teams in Spain are... The top teams are losing money and the bottom of the league are making money right now. Well, because they're mismanaged. No. Yes. Because the, the, lower, the lower part because the lower part may get less from the TV rights, but they're spending less. They're not spending on the product. So they're keeping the money. Who is who is who is spending money for Barcelona? It's management. Who got Griezmann for a ridiculous contract? He's not the only one. That's, That's true. Management. They That's true, but they're spending. Managed. Who yes. screwed up the whole messy situation? They did. It's being mismanaged. That's why they're not making money. That's why they're not making money. Because they blew it. They blew it. Yes, that's true. The mismanage is one thing. But making money and not putting it back into the product is different. Which is management. happening. That's management. That's, that's part ma- of management. That's management. Investing in your academies, getting young players. That's management. That's why you're they seeing anything on those teams. Building their youth teams. That's why those teams. To. Those teams are full of internationals, Roberto. I get that, but their youth teams also. So not, I get you get it or not up? get it. You can't have it both ways. Why not? Excuse me. Why not? Why can't you build? With your academy. Why can't you build with your academy? And the ones that are good enough to be in your team. Right, tell me. I tell mean, me the academies. Tell me the academies. Why those teams are full of internationals. They're still playing salaries for those players. And players that are not contributing to the league enough. They're not putting a good a good product. Do you see Do you see to watch Getafe and, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Valencia at this point? Because Valencia is supposed to be a big team, but not now. You see to watch them? No. You say to your uh, family, you know what? Go out because I have this big match to watch? No. But it's partly it's because I don't follow the Spanish league as much as I follow the Premier League. No, but I mean, see, I'm being serious because I'll watch. You are going with me about the Spanish league and you're saying that you don't watch it. How come? Wait, because I'm talking about there's just so many hours in the day, by the way. I mean, like, I I watch a lot more (laughs) Premier League. Except when Peacock takes the games away, which is a different story. Yeah, hey, I watched yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got, I have one question regarding this, uh, and it's it's a little. Uh, well, I I heard somebody to say that the Leeds Liverpool game, if this Super League comes into existence, the luster that that game had today would be taken off considerably, and I don't understand that. Like Liverpool, if they're in the Super League, they're still going to be in the Premiership, right? And they're Correct. still going to have these games played. Why yes. is it? Why is it taking away from the luster of Liverpool Leeds? But I was people talking. They might have to play Real Madrid again. Pardon? No, because it's people misinformed. Listen, they're not people. saying the Champions has to has to close. Okay, they're saying 
UEFA may and should play champions or whatever they call it, another league with the rest of the team the way they want it. We want to put a product that the people wants to see. And this is on the people that lives in Guatemala. And instead of rooting for the home team, they're rooting for Real Madrid and paying oh, wait, Real no. Madrid for everything. Let, let, okay? let, let me clear something up because here. Those okay? are the studies that they have. There's hard study. This is not people that sat down and said, you know what? I want more, one more dollar. Give it to me. They did studies and everything. And right. they, here, they had studies on how people don't watch games. The only games that people are watching in champions are quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals in tones. They want those no, they're, they're those teams to, there. So, so the big teams are trying to guarantee always being in there. So Manchester United, Tottenham, and Arsenal, for instance, are three teams that aren't in Champions League this year because they didn't qualify. So those guys are going to be permanent, right? The same thing goes for uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid and a few other teams. They're going to be part of the uh, Atletico. They're going to be part of the permanent. Uh, team, so they'll never miss out. So that's it. So those teams would never play in Champions League again. Those teams would play in their new Super League. Mm -hmm. Okay, Champions League doesn't disappear, except for the teams that are all in the Super League wouldn't play in Champions League, which all of a sudden now takes Champions League and makes it a second-rate competition compared to Super League. That's it. Does it? Champions League doesn't disappear. Champions League becomes Europa League basically, and Europa League exactly. becomes exactly you know becomes. Even something even less. Or okay. don't play it. Or don't play it. We always kill it. We always, we always, we always shooting around here, Glenn, of the amount of games, yeah. the amount yeah. of leagues, the amount of plays without anything to play for, and the players going right. back and forth. And right. And we don't we don't make one penny out of those games or, or teams or players. Imagine the people that is making the money or putting the money, <laughs> or the players that are traveling yeah. back and forth, back and forth to play, you know, meaningless games. Colombia lost Falcao for a game in, in, in Copa in France with a team that, you know, basically play every 15 days. That yeah. kind of stuff. It's just, it, 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 that things has to change. Listen, I'm just saying, let's get all the information. Let's get the facts. Let's see how they get in touch with FIFA and UEFA. Because by the way, this is the way that FIFA was created. FIFA was a private club. The way FIFA started was the soccer teams from the clubs in England, the rich guys playing football. That was FIFA. And then the worker, the working class and the clubs from the, from the uh, neighborhoods start, start pushing and winning and pushing their way in. Okay? And before Champions League, there were the Europa, um, Europa Euro Cup. So, you know, let's, let's get all the facts. Let's see all this. And don't try to get it both ways. Because the same people that is saying, oh, but you scored against that little team. Oh, but you won the championship against that little team. It's not the same if you play Real Madrid. It's not the same. Now, if they want to make the competition between those big teams that you only want to see, and now you're kicking that can. People is asking for it. And somehow, because they have those studies. They have the studies of how many people watch it on what age ranges, that kind of stuff. So I'm just saying, let's get all the information. Let them talk because FIFA and UEFA, and we know that it has been, you know, a bunch of hypocrites and a bunch of, 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 of rip money all around. And these people want to change it for something. Maybe for their own benefit in some way, of course. I mean, you're not going to move the world 
if you don't want to win something, I guess, no? You're not going to put through this and you're not going to get something. But at least let's get all the facts, all the information. Even today, Florentino Perez said, listen, we're not saying it's this way or the highway. We want This is the way that we see we can take football to the next level. The teams are getting broken. And if we don't do something, football is going to fall apart. We have to do something. We want to sit down with FIFA and, and UEFA. We want to talk. If we don't get into an agreement, maybe we can move it. And let's wait until next year. Let's keep working on this. But we need to do something. You know, it's not like everybody came out just as saying, you know, Premier League is going to finish. They're going to close down La Liga. Uh, no. Oh, no, that, that's not what the, I mean, that, that, that's not the, the, the narrative, maybe by some people, but we know that that's not part of what's being, you know, about need, what, what, that is, what is that supposed to do? That's we need, not, we need to know, understand. We, we, we need to understand. We need to understand that the, the football for the fans, the football of the people is the football amateur. The clubs in our neighborhoods, in our own leagues, in our cities, that's our football. The professional football from years back, decades back, is a big industry in which people is only the check. Only the money that comes in, paying for the tickets, paying for the TV, paying for the jerseys. It's, it's true. So if people want to just, you know, get the, 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 the book and say they're destroying our football. Your football is on Sunday and you don't go to the field on Sunday to see your friends, your teammates, your uncle, your nephews playing on Sunday. You sit down and watch Real Madrid, Barcelona. And they are doing this movement. Reading those studies. All right, man. Tom, you got to put a bow on it. But that was good. Good chat, you boys. I like it. That's that's something for not uh, really talking about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so just a, just a few minutes on it. Just a, a few comments. All right. Well, we'll I told continue. You, you better get wet. You better get wet. We're gonna yeah, continue yeah. the conversation as more facts come out, and we'll see where the discussion goes and where the potential league goes. We will follow it all. All right, let's go around the room real quick. Uh, Roberto, where can people follow you? All right, they can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz, also on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, and on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz. Also, uh, for all of you listening to this podcast, if you can please go to Apple Podcasts and rate us and review us, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, we're big boys. We can take it. So uh, let us know what you think because it's important as well. We obviously want to know what you think. So please do that. It's important for all of us uh, that you do. And also remember that uh, we'll have the game on Saturday at 1245. Ariel Judas and myself for the pregame show. And then the game on TuneIn at our Spanish radio station, which is easily accessible at nycfc.com slash radio. Once you get to the TuneIn station, all you have to do is hit favorites once that happens, uh, then you can just go straight to uh, tune in and you'll find the station. But if not, nycfc.com slash radio, and you'll have a link right there. All right. John Rojas. Bye, boys. I'm just going to let my work and my timeline speak by me. So, Rojas 875 that is on Twitter. All right, Glenn Crooks. I got to get on there and hit translate uh, right after we're done with this, man. I'm not even going to edit first. I'm just going to go right to John's Twitter. 
I'm at Glenn Crooks. Every now and then there's something cool on there, I guess. I don't know. Mostly soccer <laughs> stuff. Every now Greatest and then. promo a, ever. Every now and then a picture of what I'm cooking. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, chicken fajitas. Uh, I like so, it. Uh, hey, wait, don't forget. Wait, you got to promo something else, which is before the games now, uh, we're going to be on NYCFC, uh, doc, uh, um, NYCFC's Facebook page. Are we, though? A live uh, stint. Well, we'll see. They, unless they canceled us already. So we're going to do yeah, We're 0 for 1 in that game. Well, it's, uh, yep. Uh, Maddie and I did one uh, uh, out at, uh, what was that, the Hartford game. And, uh, yeah, when we're at Yankee Stadium, uh, we'll be doing it, um, a live one there. And then when we're home doing the road games, we've got to uh, sort it out a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, yep. Um, the uh, New York City FC Facebook Live uh, page. Yep. Uh, that's what we got, man. That's what we All got. Right. Before we get, and then uh, yeah, we're on at twelve forty-five English, and then uh, I, I'm I'm talking to uh, I've got recorded interviews with Ronnie Dyla, David Lee coming up tomorrow night um, in the uh, the Welcome Back two thousand twenty-one, and I also get to talk to uh, Nick Cushing and Medi Belushi some tactical questions, which I'm looking forward to. So, if you got a guys got anything you want me to ask them, you can submit it uh, through John's uh, Twitter account. Perfect. All right. For Len, Roberto, and John, I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.